0: Welcome, everybody. to All of our campuses meeting throughout the Twin Cities today. Glad you made it to church. You'll be happy to know that it's opening pheasant season this weekend in Minnesota. Just useful information for everybody. I also want to welcome those of you who are watching online today. Glad you could join us as a part of our congregation as well. We are in a series called Battle Ready because at every stage of life, you and I are going to face battles every stage of life. In fact, I think if we asked everyone here, what are you struggling with right now, I bet 95% of you could pinpoint it right away. Some of you would say, you know what, it's my job, I can't stand my job, or my health is struggling, my kids, grandkids are my struggle right now. Anxiety, for a lot of you, class load. Some of you, infertility. Some uncertainty about your future or loneliness. Not finding anybody to date. Battles with fear and insecurity, on and on it goes. Today's message is called, Be Decisive. Because I think in every battle we face, there are going to be decisions that we have to make that are either going to help us or hurt us. Don't raise any hands, but how many of you are facing an important decision right now? You know, many decisions are minor. We make hundreds of them every single day. But there are a few decisions that will affect you for the rest of your life. In fact, author Erin McManus says it this way, most of us can summarize our lives around five or six defining decisions, decisions that if we had chosen differently would have radically altered our lives. Isn't it true, one bad decision can cause years of regret and struggle, while one good decision can produce a lifetime of blessing. The most important decision I ever made was to follow Jesus Christ, to make that decision when I was five years old, and Jesus has been my savior, my guide, my forgiver. Every single day I need his forgiveness. He is the source of my wisdom. Best decision I ever made was to follow Jesus Christ as my savior. The second best decision was to ask Lori Thompson to marry me, and that was a phenomenal decision. I'm not sure on her part, but for me it was. Those two decisions, though, set my life on a path of reward that would be radically different if I had chosen differently in those two areas. Half the emails we get these days are from people who are asking advice about who they should date, how to navigate a troubled marriage, how to get through a difficulty at work with a difficult parent or coworker, or where they should go to school or work, all kinds of emails. So I'm gonna do my best to help you know how to make great decisions, especially when you're in a battle. But the truth is, I still make some really bad decisions. In fact, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I made a decision a couple weeks ago that was just really, really dumb. It's bow season in Minnesota, and I am borderline addicted to this activity. I lay awake thinking about tree stands and scent control. I obsess about cold fronts and trail cameras. Well, the other day, I had to adjust... I had to adjust one of my tree stands, and for those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, this is an example of one of my tree stands. This is a portable stand that I have several set up in various places in, in different woods, and there's a strap that you strap around the tree and it hooks on here, and that's the only thing really holding, holding you between uh, safety and death, basically. But the other day, I was, had to adjust my tree stand because uh, it was facing the wrong direction. It was facing this way, and I needed it to face this way. But the problem was, there was a big tree branch in the way, and that tree branch had to come down. The only problem was, it was too big for me to cut with my handsaw. So I climbed 18 feet high in the tree, got on my little tree stand here, and I had a rope, and I had attached my rope to my chainsaw. You can just hear the groans if you're online. People are groaning. And so I, I lifted that chainsaw onto my stand, and I thought, I gotta, I gotta cut this branch 18 feet high. Now, a reasonable person would have said, no, Bob, you're 61. You're in good health, great wife, great life. Just let it go. I mean, come on. Don't risk your bodily injury or your, your death over a tree branch for a tree stand, but that limb had to go. So hoisted that chainsaw up, and I I put the chainsaw on the tree stand like this, sideways, and my saw is kinda hard to start, so I had to, I steadied it with one foot, my left foot, put my left hand on the handle, my right hand on the pulley, and gave it a violent jerk. And the stand, as I did that, lurched sideways, I nearly flew off of the stand and killed myself. The only thing that saved my life was I had wrapped a rope around the tree and around my waist, because I'm not totally stupid, (laughs) just, just partially stupid, but I'm telling you, every single day, people fall off ladders, roofs, and tree stands and injure or kill themselves, but there I was on a two by two foot platform 18 feet high in a tree with a chainsaw. My church board would have killed me. They would have. They would have just said, Bob, you're done. Uh, doesn't get any stupider than that. You'd think I'd be more careful. Love this verse in Ephesians five fifteen. Be very careful how you live. I should have read that. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Don't be foolish. Just don't be foolish. The Bible says, but understand what God's will is for our lives. Be very careful, Paul writes, how you live because the days are evil, he says. It means that our world is not neutral. There is evil that exists in this world, in government systems, people, politics, schools, entertainment industry. It's why people lie, cheat, abuse, rape, murder, and steal. There is evil in the world. Romans chapter 1 says it this way Certain people are filled with every kind of wickedness and evil. They are God haters who invent ways. Isn't this true? Just invent ways of doing evil. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, and ruthless. You know anybody like that? Faithless, heartless, senseless, and ruthless. If you know someone like that, you need to protect yourself. You need to get distance between yourself and that person, put some boundaries around that relationship if you have a relationship with a person like that. So we're not just battling problems at work or home, there is an undercurrent of evil in this world, which is why making wise decisions is even more important. Just be very careful how you live because the days are evil. And then he says, and understand what the Lord's will is. Every week we get emails wondering what God's will is for their lives. And this verse says, we can actually know what God's will is. A couple emails I got recently, a gal writes, she says, I'm a freshman in a Christian university in California. She says, I know this isn't the place for me. When I was choosing schools, I didn't listen to anybody. And now I regret my decision for coming here. It's so different from Minnesota, and I can't put it into words, but I know this isn't where God wants me. She said, last night, I got on my knees and asked God to guide me in the right direction. Today, I woke up. It's almost like God spoke to me and said, it's time to go home. She says, I think I needed to come out here to see how wrong I was and realize that, I, that what I wanted was right in front of me. I'm trusting God, she says, but I'm writing to ask you if you think I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> and so I wrote her back. Another email says this, I'm 24 years old and I feel as though my ship is sinking. Anybody feel that way? I have a rocky relationship with my parents, she says, because of their drinking. I've also been in a relationship for two years and he doesn't want me around my parents because of their toxic language and manipulative behavior and I'm really struggling. She says, I pray that God will send me a sign or show me what I'm supposed to do. I want a relationship with my parents with healthy boundaries but my boyfriend thinks I should cut all ties. They're hurting because they think they've lost their daughter, and I'm hurting because I'm afraid of losing my parents. I would be grateful for any advice. And the first thing I wrote back, I said, "You got to pick up the book Necessary Endings" by Henry Cloud. Necessary Endings is is just fantastic when you're struggling with a relationship that's manipulative and it feels uh, it doesn't feel good often when you're around that person and they say things and do things and. And it could be a parent-child relationship or a child-parent relationship or a friend relationship. But if you struggle with another person in your life and you wonder where's the boundary, this is the book you gotta get. Necessary Endings. But what's God's will for these two people? It's very important. The first thing I would say is often there's not an immediate or clear answer. How's that for an answer? (laughs) Often there's not one. You wish there was an immediate answer, but often, gang, I'm telling you this is so true, you have to be okay with not knowing for a while. You have to be okay with uncertainty and letting God take you through a process of discovery and trusting him. I I hated all three years while I was at grad school at Penn State University, had no clue what was ahead, really why I was there. But God used those three years to broaden my understanding of what students are facing on our American campuses today, and it is not good. The culture in our campuses is really, really poor. But God used those three three years to broaden my understanding of what campus life is like today, And I am far better today to be able to speak to those issues of loneliness, secularism, and disbelief in God, which is rampant on our campuses today. Those three years, 35 years ago, formed a big part of who I am and why I'm so passionate for young people, even as an old guy today. But I'm telling you, it was three years. Three years of uncertainty and not knowing what God had in mind for those three years. Second thing I would say is that God's will is a lot broader than many people think. That God is not overly concerned about what specific job you take or school you attend. But that wherever you go, here's the key. Be faithful to God in all areas of your life. Jesus said it this way, seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first in your life in everything and his righteousness, live rightly, and all these other things that we worry about, all the things we worry about in life will be added into you. Added, added into you. Put God first and everything else will begin to fall into its proper place. I've been reading a good book uh, called The Four Wills of God, and the author says there's four places in the Bible where it says this is God's will for you very explicitly, four places, and he says, if you wanna know what God's universal will is for your life, it's contained in these four verses. And this is God's universal will for every human being. So I'm gonna show you these four verses. The first one is this. This is the will of the Father that everybody believes in the Son, Jesus Christ. This is God's plan for all of humanity. He wants every single person to know his Son, Jesus Christ. Second one, in everything, just give thanks for all that God has poured into your life. For this is God's will for you to be a thankful person. Next one, this is the will of God that you submit to doing what's right and to submit to the authorities in our lives, parents, teachers, the law. And finally, this is the will of God that you abstain from sexual sin. The author says, these four wills are the universal will for every human being, believe in Jesus, give thanks, submit to doing right, and abstain from sexual sin, that if we do those four things, the rest of our lives will begin to fall into place. You think of this. How different the world would be if everybody believed in Jesus Christ. They would get forgiveness, freedom from sin, They would get God's spirit of love, joy, peace, power, and wisdom. People who don't have Jesus Christ are in a huge deficit. It's why they make such poor decisions, because they don't have God's spirit giving them wisdom. And what if we all just submitted to doing what's right, beginning with the Ten Commandments? Is it so hard? to not lie, just don't lie. Don't steal. Don't covet, commit adultery or murder. These are basics, just do what's right. And how much human wreckage could be avoided if we all abstained, everyone around the world, from sexual sin. Marriages wouldn't be blown apart. Families wouldn't be shattered. Children wouldn't be trafficked and exploited. And young adults wouldn't scar their souls with regret and shame. His point is simply this, that if you follow these four wills, God will begin to lead you then in every other area of life. Decisions about people, dating, jobs, money, boundaries, parents, you name it, that no matter what school or what program you're in, that if you trust Jesus, give thanks, do right, and abstain from sexual sin, you'll know what to do in just about every other situation. Now that's God's universal will for every human being. But let me give you two ways that you can know God's specific will for your particular life. And it's not found in this magic magic eight ball. I actually hate this thing. Uh, A staff person made me aware of it this this week. He said, "You, you don't know about this? I said, no. He said, you didn't have one growing up? I said, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he showed me, and I hate it. And and the idea is, and a lot of you have this, and it's just, don't get me going, okay? But but the idea is you shake it, you ask it a question, and you shake it, and it has this little thing in here, there's like eight answers, they're all the same answers. But for example, will people like my message today? Let's see what it says. My sources say no. (laughs) Now see, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Last night it said it was they, that everybody liked it. See? Or should I dump my boyfriend or girlfriend? What does the deal say? Ask again later. <laughs> so here's what happens though. Some of you are gonna go home from church today and you're dating somebody and you're iffy and you're saying, well, Bob said, no. This is the dumbest thing on the planet. I actually am a little nervous about having it here today. I, I don't, it's not satanic, I don't believe that. Honestly, but I do believe, honestly, I do believe that Satan can actually use things like this as an avenue toward darker things, I really do, and so I'm nervous about even having it here in church. We're gonna destroy this thing after services today. Honestly, we are. You should not have stuff like that. You might disagree with me, fine, fine. But I'm telling you, Satan's work is very subtle. Ouija boards, all that kind of crap, get, it, get rid of it. It's no good, okay? So let's say you're at a crossroad. You need to make a decision about anything, dating, work, school, marriage, major purchase. Gang, to be decisive now, to be decisive, to make the right decision in almost every battle, here's two You just gotta know this. You gotta have this. Two ways for your specific will. Number one, you have to determine your values. You just have to do this. You can't make great decisions unless you know what your values are. I was blessed with tremendous parents, so by the time I was 16, I knew what my top five values were going to be, I'm gonna show them to you, I've shown them to you before. I knew I wanted to have a solid faith in Christ, a great marriage someday, great career, physically fit, financially sound. Almost every decision I've made since age 16 was based on how it would impact these five values. So say I wanted to have a solid faith in Jesus Christ. That meant I would go to church every week I'd read my Bible every single day. I would pray several times a day to build a great faith. If I wanted to be financially sound, that meant I would have to get a job. I would have to earn money, stay out of debt, and save. And I've done that since age 16. Almost every decision I've made was based on how will this decision affect one of these five values. Take the second one, for example, having a great marriage. I knew at age 16, growing up, that I didn't wanna just get married someday. Anybody can get married. I knew that I wanted to have a great marriage. That value drove my decision. To stay sexually pure all through my teens and 20s, because, gang, it is very hard to build a great marriage when you've slept around with a bunch of people. It just is. The Bible says sex is not just physical, it is so deeply spiritual that God says when two people come together sexually, the two become one in body and in soul. That's why God says it's just for marriage. Save it, save yourself, save your future marriage, save that wonderful reality for marriage, is what God says. And more and more people, by the way, are doing that. You're the smart ones. Drove my decision to avoid pornography because those tapes, I didn't want those tapes playing in my mind and get in the way of our relationship, my future spouse, whoever that would be. It, forced, it, it led me to read books on marriage. Point is, your values drive your decision. Now, let me give you a pop quiz. Pop quiz. These are easy, easy, easy questions. All of you will get 100%, I'm almost sure, okay? So just for the fun of it, here's some easy questions if you've got these things going. First one is this. Should you date someone who's a project? Or trust God's timing for somebody who's healthy, honest, and faith-filled. Easy. Okay, second question. Take out a high-interest loan to buy a new boat, ATV, SUV, or save up and pay cash. And now some of you are like, ooh. Okay. <laughs> Third, put your body at risk with high blood pressure and heart disease, or change your diet. Increase your exercise. Next one. Party hard and hook up. Or... Stay sober and avoid regret. Next one. Let your kids discover their own values from TV, school, and friends. Or lead them to church and teach them to follow Jesus Christ who will save their life from all kinds of regret. Next. Get a job right out of college to gain skills and experience or travel to California and live out of a van for three years. (laughs) Finally, stand backwards 18 feet high in a tree with a chainsaw or Now that's a trick question, okay? What's really funny though, is a lot of you are gonna go home today and the the one question you have is, I wonder if he got that limb down. That's all you're gonna get from this message. And I'm not even gonna tell you, I'm just gonna make you live with it. But it's shocking, shocking how many people don't know the answer to those questions because they have not. Determined their values. Second way to know God's specific will is you gotta deepen your wisdom pool. You just do. Where are you getting your wisdom these days? What do you read and listen to on a regular basis that deepens your wisdom so that when you come to a crossroad, you almost automatically know what to do because you're so wise. Uh, One of our staff found this clip I'm going to show you from a late night TV show that I don't watch. But the host went around to his staff and asked them to read text messages from their mothers. Just these are text messages, random text messages that these staff people got from their mothers. Watch this, then I'm going to come up and make a point with it. Christina, it's your mother. Where are you? I haven't heard or seen you in four days. This is not a hotel. This is a family home. You better call me back before I find your office number. Why do you have a cell if you won't answer my calls or texts? Thought you'd want to see Penny McFlicker's birthday photo. Who wouldn't want to see Penny McFlicker's birthday photo? Hi, honey. I had a problem with my DVR box and had a guy from Charter at the house for three hours yesterday. He was really good. Checked all the lines, changed some cables, etc., and set me up so that if I got a bracket that had a shelf, the shelf could be mounted on the wall and the DVD box could sit under the TV with all the wires behind the TV. I have an outlet on the wall above the fireplace and only need two plugs for the whole setup. He plugged the DVD into the cable box. We can talk more about it this weekend. Love you, the, the colonoscopy prep is awful. That stuff you have to drink is vile. The good part is, I lost four pounds, so now I'm down to 137. Love that. The point is, for some people, texting is their only source of wisdom. They send texts, they receive texts, they fiddle with their texts all day long. This thing right here is a great thing. It's a tool. But I'm telling you, some people, all they do is text, Google, and scroll through their Facebook page. It's their only source of wisdom, and no wonder. No wonder. They don't read books. They don't listen to great messages. No wonder. They make poor decisions. They don't have any wisdom coming into their life. So 10 years ago, I, I waited for a lane to open up to do some swimming laps and a woman was finishing up and she jumped out and I said, are you done? And we'd never met ever. She, I never, never knew who she was. And when she heard my voice, she says, Oh my goodness. Are you Bob Merritt? I said, she said, I was just listening to you swimming. And she had these aquatic earphones. And I thought, what are you talking about? I was just listening to you doing my laps and she had these earphones. I thought, I'm in the twilight zone here. But here's a person who's deepening her wisdom pool because she works out in the pool while she works out in the pool. Gang, it matters who you listen to. It really does. And she's just constantly taking it in. It's simply not possible to make great decisions that will send your life on a great path if you don't listen to great teaching and read great books, starting with the Bible. Some decisions are just not that hard because the Bible's clear about it. Tell the truth. Stay out of debt. Don't get drunk. Avoid sexual sin. And don't date people who do those things. 95% of the decisions you have to make about life are right here in God's word. But what's scary is some of you are making major decisions based on emotion, based on feelings, based on this stupid black ball. And God's word is right here. I've I've read through the book of Proverbs hundreds of times. The book of Proverbs saved my relational world and financial world. Put me on a great path on both of those. The book of Ephesians saved my marriage and built my family. I memorized the book of Ephesians when I was 17 years old. In my life, in my heart. First and 2 Timothy taught me how to lead. If you wanna know how to lead, just read 1 and 2 Timothy. David in the Psalms, Psalm 119 said this, God, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm telling you, when God's word gets into your heart, you almost always know what to do. The biggest difference between people who flourish in this world and people who don't is not intelligence. It's not talent or money. It's wisdom that comes from God's Word. And books, I'm going to show you three books that will deepen your wisdom. I think these are must-reads for every person here. Here they are. Nine Things You Simply Must Do to Succeed in Love and Life by Henry Cloud. Absolutely must-read. Second one, All the Places to Go. The third one, uh, Get Wise. The reason I wrote that book was because I'm so passionate about making great decisions. And it says, you know, the the subtitle, Make Great Decisions Every Day. Jason Strand said, my five kids, this is gonna be must reading, required reading for them, poor kids. But that's what he said. So anyway, everybody ought to be reading books like this. And you say, well, I don't like to read. Then I can't help you. You got to read. Pick up one of these books, start. Read a page a day. Three, four pages a day. It's all it takes. Some of you are thinking, well, Bob, there's no hope for me because I've made just about every dumb decision there is. Gang, you are not beyond hope. Not a single person here is beyond hope. Some of you made decisions that led to an addiction. I understand that. Led to a divorce, a job loss, or even prison time. You may have ruined a reputation or hurt a lot of people, but here's what I want to say to you. Start, start today. You made a great decision today by coming to church. Way to go or watching online. That was a great decision. Here's my question. What is your next great decision? Every every one of us, including me, what's your next great decision? Write it down. Think about it, talk about it on the way home from church today if you're at one of our campuses. What's the next great decision you need to make about your faith, relationships, career, money, whatever it might be? What's the next great decision? Gang, if your life has been one mess after another, there's a reason for that. Put a stake in the ground today and say no more bad decisions, no more. The only thing worse than making a bunch of bad decisions is to just keep on making them. Get off that path. Start building your life one good decision at a time. God loves you. God is for you. But you've got to determine your values and deepen your wisdom. Others of you are here today and you're saying, you know, Bob, I just want to know what major I should be in school or what car to buy, or when we should start trying for kids. Once you determine your values and deepen your wisdom, then God gives you great freedom to do a whole bunch of things. Great freedom to choose. Well, Bob, I'm I'm between two good options. Well, then just get some advice or wait or whatever, but just either one will probably be fine as long as you're Got your values straight. God's will, I believe, God's will isn't so much where you go or what you should do. It's that wherever you go and whatever you do, be faithful to him. Be faithful to him. And God will lead you. Bob Goff is a New York Times bestseller. He's a pilot, lawyer, speaker. Sometimes when he speaks at places, he flies himself there in in a small plane. But one time he was... He was leaving the place where he was speaking and he came into land. And when you pull the lever for the landing gear, there's three small green lights that are supposed to come on that indicate that the tires are in place and locked in position. He said, After speaking, I was coming into land, but when I pulled the lever, I only had two lights that came on for the back wheels. There was no light for the nose gear, and he panicked. He radioed the tower and says, I don't think I have nose gear. The guy said, Well, buzz the tower. I'll see if I can see your nose gear. It was too dark. Couldn't see. Bob was stuck with two lights. After a couple minutes, the tower said, "Are you declaring an emergency?" Bob said, "Yes. This is an emergency." And then he wrote these words. He said, "We all have situations like this that we're uncertain about—a job, date, problem, major purpose, purchase—and we're waiting for more certainty. But often it doesn't come. Isn't that true?" We have an important decision to make, but it feels like we're up in the air with only two green lights. But then he said this. This is so good. But when you have two green lights, that's usually enough. That's like being in the center of God's universal will of trusting Jesus, submitting to right, abstaining from sexual sin. If you're doing those things right, then go ahead and land the plane. My wife and I were talking about this last night. She said, Bob, have you ever been 100% certain in a big decision? I said, no, never. She said, right. We've never had 100% certainty. If you got 70% certainty, that's good enough. Bob says, usually that's enough. There's always uncertainty with hard decisions, but if you are abiding by God's universal will, then God gives you great freedom to go to this school or that school. Live near your parents or move away. Date this person or date that person. Take a job in Green Bay or Philly, which are both terrible. But sometimes you gotta pick. Bob says when you land a plane with without nose gear, you land the back wheels first. Life's decisions are a lot like that, he says. Figure out what you're sure about and put all your weight on those things. He says, I've put all my weight on Jesus because he's a green light I can trust. Then I put my weight on the Bible. Then on the advice of a few good people, every day he says, I start with the things I'm sure about and I put all my weight on those things. So good. Bob said he approached the airfield, took a deep breath, set the back wheels down, and then he waited for a screeching metal and a hard crash or a gentle bump and a soft landing. He said he braced himself for impact and there was a small bump and soft landing and he lived. He said, what had me in a tizzy, get this, was a burned out five cent light bulb. (laughs) Had me all worried over a five cent light bulb. So here's the deal. When you're faced with a tough decision, what are your two green lights? What are your two green lights that you know for sure? What are you putting all your weight on so that you, that you will choose well and land safely? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Are you trusting Him? Do you live your life thankfully, giving thanks in all things that God gives you? Are you submitting to doing what's right, and are you abstaining from sexual sin? Then gang determine your values and deepen your wisdom? And then go ahead and land that plane. God is for you. God is with you. God loves you more than you love yourself. God is willing to guide you and bless your life. So at all campuses, let's stand for closing prayer and be on our way today. Let's pray together. Father, thanks for your word, thanks for your love. Lord, I've made hundreds of bad decisions. Hundreds. And so part of my thanks is just for your patience with me, for your ongoing forgiveness. God, I pray that all of us will leave here today and online, I pray that we will really think about what our values are And then start making great decisions based on those values. And God, help us not ignore the small decisions. Every small decision builds to a big one. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're choosing to do through us. Lord, we love you and worship you and thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for coming on.